coming in as Loom. Hillendike centered it. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are underway this hour. It is Tuesday, September 12th. Yeah, Wes from Post Media. Pat along with you on this Tuesday. Welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450 or explore the full line of safes at CalgaryLockandSafe.com. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and, of course, live on Sportsnet 960. The fan coming at you on this Tuesday from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. So, Mr. Gilbertson, first of all, hello, sir. Hey, buddy. Two days in a row with Wes. I like it. Um, Patrick tomorrow. I know. A little uh, Wednesday from the Dome. Should be fun. Yeah, it's a good day. Uh, opportunity to chat with some Flames one-on-one. Uh, some of the players will sit down with us in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. So looking forward to that coming up on Wednesday's Flames Talk. But the reason for that is because Wednesday's the wrap-up of the Charity Golf Classic. Uh, they did the luncheon on Tuesday morning, early afternoon. And then Wednesday they'll play and then do the wrap-up party. And uh, ahead of Wednesday's Charity Golf Classic at the Dome, Michael Backlund spoke down there. You were there. Um, and if Michael Backlund is going to talk, I don't think anybody is going to not ask the inevitable questions about his future, right? right. Like, I don't think it's just going to be about the King Clancy and, uh, you know, about like it's if Michael's going to talk and the Flames knew it, there's going to be talks about his future and, and what the future holds beyond this season in Calgary. Yeah. And I'm sure Michael and, and I certainly got the sense that Michael was sort of happy to, to address it. it it's not a secret to him that that's going to be the first question. You know what he talked today and I know we're going to hear it in a minute. He talked about literally arriving in Calgary. I'm not sure he had his luggage yet and fans were coming up to him at the airport saying, hey, we hope you stay. We we hope you sign an extension with the Calgary Flames. So, you know, Michael's love affair and, and vice versa with the Sea of Red is, is well documented. I don't think he's, I don't think he's ever been trying to skirt around this issue. He's always been, you know, he he's really going back to exit day last April. Yep. He's been sort of upfront about the fact that he wants to take a wait and see approach before committing to spend more than this season with the Calgary Flames. And as we're going to hear today, he very much reiterated that, but he he didn't shy away from it. He's just, stance hasn't changed, and I think you have to respect that. So, and that's just it. Is anything different from what we're about to hear compared to what we heard five months ago? Crazy that it's been five months. Yeah. But five months ago, when the team did their exit interviews and, and locker cleanout day, we'll hear from Michael uh, in just a second. But uh, listen in. See if I, I'm curious once we play it and react if Wes is feeling any different, if I'm feeling any different, or if you listening is, is feeling any different about where Michael Backlund's mindset is right now. You want to hear it now? Let's go. This is uh, Michael Backlund. I've heard it once already. I know you were there. Uh, this is Michael. I also have heard it now uh, a couple of times. Michael Backlund, Tuesday afternoon as training camp gets underway for the Flames. 
Well, I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, it was an unsure summer. Um, you know, I had some good talks with Connie. Um, you know, just like I said at the end of the season, I kind of wanted to see what was going to happen here, and, uh, um, and I'm still feeling that way. I mean, I'm really excited about all the things here, and we love Calgary. It's our home, um, uh, and I haven't closed any doors. And uh, you know, I'm excited to start the season, and uh, we'll see what thing, how things shake out. Um, I uh, I know there was. Twitter talks there midsummer about my Swedish article and it's just too bad that this one Swedish guy took the headline and made a big thing of it because he couldn't read the full article where I was said the same thing I just said now like I just made a decision that I didn't want to sign this summer and wait and see and too bad that that became a big thing that he thought I said I would never sign um, that was just not true uh, I'm still open to signing here but uh, We'll see how things go. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. How do you keep wait and see from seeming like it's a not an insult to the group, but you, you know you're entitled to wait and see. And yet the guys might think, well, geez, he's not convinced we we can be a good team here. So how do you balance that? Oh, I think the way things went last year, I think everyone respects the decision, and uh, I respect all the other guys' decisions or how they're feeling and. Uh, what's happening in their situations because there's a few of us and uh, I mean there's so many things that have happened I feel like on like coaching staff management players like our big stars leaving a year ago it's just a lot of things happen over the year and um, I just see we're just I just want to see where this organization is going um, I only have so many years left and uh, I want to make the most of it and, but I love Calgary like I'm not just gonna take off and leave I mean it's um, it's a it's a would be a big decision but um that hasn't been done yet. So, Any timeline on that? Too? No, I, I mean, I've had good conversations with Connie in the spring and early summer when I was here, a couple of meetings, and then on the phone too. He knows where I'm at, and, and I appreciate he's being uh, respectful and understand how I'm feeling, and they haven't pushed me to anything, so um, for now we'll start the season and uh, go from there. What's the ultimate deciding factor for you? Well, winning is a big factor. Um, you know, if we have a really good season and things feels really good, um, you know, the, just the mood is different. Everyone's excited. Everyone fits in. Everything works. Uh, you know, we're we're uh, we're contending to be a top three or we're our top three team uh, going into the second half. You know, that would be a big thing for me. Is, is it nervous or like guys sometimes get nervous going into that contract year? You're, you're a little bit older. Like, do you feel a little bit nervous or anxious about it or how do you manage that? No, I was nervous six years ago because uh, <laughs> I was like, I, you know, I had a really good season the year before, uh, fourth in Selkie. And, and then I was like, you know, I have to perform again because this is my contract year and I want to sign this big deal. Now I feel like uh, I established myself in this league. All the teams know who I am and what I can do. And uh, for me, like back then it wasn't all about you know getting all the, all the money but I mean it was a big contract to sign and now I feel like it's more like I want to either be here or go somewhere you know it's all it's just a little different uh, than six years ago so I'm not nervous but I'm just uh, excited to be here now and uh, start the season and uh, see what this team can do how, uh, how long had you been in Calgary before the first person asked you if you were going to sign <laughs> No, no one asks. A lot of people just come up right away and say, you know, we hope you're staying. Uh, no one asks. Just people saying. But people just, say, yeah, we want. <laughs> I hope you're staying. Yeah, the people, you know, at the airport came up. They right away said, hope you're staying. Yeah. It's Which nice, is great. I mean, nice it makes you feel, yeah, yeah. yeah. They all know the situation. Yeah, the no, I, no, it's really special every time I come back here in Calgary and uh, getting the appreciation and uh, 
yeah, love from the fans. It's uh, it's always uh, the community of Calgary. It's uh, it's very special every time I come back here or the you know family. Is it is it weird to think this could be your last season here? Or do you put that out of your head? No, uh, oh, I haven't because I don't know yet. So um, I haven't thought. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, Right now, I'm just like I said. I'm just excited to start the season. It's been a long summer. Um, excited to get going and see what this team and the, the new staff, the management, can do, and what the group will be like. So, with all this, all the changes. Can you just? There's. I think there's a big difference between people who want out and sure. people who just have not committed to signing. Right? I mean, you don't want out. Yeah. No. You just want to wait and see. Yeah. No. I feel like um, I've been there a long time, and I think uh, I've earned the right to see how things goes and uh, uh, I mean it'd be very special to play a thousand games here be a forever flame maybe I mean that would be very special that's in my mind and uh, but at the same time uh, you have that other side where you know I don't know with the things how things went last year are we going to be a contending team this year like who knows because we weren't last year so um, that's a big question do you think we can be oh yeah I think we have a really, I think we have a really good team here and uh, I think last year you know I just like I said, we traded some big stars, got some big stars coming here, new team for them, big change. Uh, just, and just, yeah, tough start. I mean, great start, but then after those five, after that little mini break we had, and which is a tough homestand, and just kind of snowballed, and yeah, it was just a hard year. Uh, I think now I run all those, I mean, we haven't made many changes uh, on the roster, which is, I think it's good. All the new guys from last year will be more comfortable and know what's expected Calgary, and and to play, how it is to play here, and um, I'm excited for the new staff and management. So uh, I believe we can be a really good team, and uh, if we get all together, and I think if we just make the playoff, I think we can be a contending team. And I mean, we all saw Florida last year, so there you go, Michael Backlund speaking uh, earlier on this Tuesday as the Flames get set to kick off training camp, and uh, they'll do so with the Charity Golf Classic on Wednesday. I'm curious as to where you are. You were there. You, uh, you, you actually saw him. I was not able to be there on Tuesday. And, you know, I, I, I listen. That's the second or third time now that I have listened to that. And I come away, whether it's that or reading some of his comments, which I know we talked about at the outset there, uh, but, but reading the whole article. Right. Translated, of course. Uh, but reading the whole article that came out in Sweden. I guess I would suggest that it sounds more, from my standpoint, more optimistic now than it did five months ago. Five months ago, though, you can understand. Like, it was just a relief to be done that season. Yeah. And you're disappointed about how the last seven to six months had gone. It was a nightmare. You didn't know what Daryl Sutter's future was going to be. You didn't even know what Brad Living's future was going to be at that point. So you can understand that five months later, with the way things have gone, and Conroy's in, and Huska's in, and... Things are much different overall. The yeah, probably, and you're you're five months removed, no longer two days removed. So you can understand that it's that sounds a little bit more optimistic, but still not. Yeah, I want to resign here. It's still very much up in the air. I don't think it's any less up in the air than it was. It just feels maybe like the tones a little bit more open or optimistic, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, the previous interview in Calgary being on garbage bag day or, or locker clean out day, whatever you want to call it at the saddle dome like that. That's a bummer of a day always. And certainly there did not sound like a lot of optimism. 
Michael Backlund went out of his way, like really, really, really out of his way today to talk about how excited he was to be back in Calgary. He knows that the headline or or the clip that gets played most on whatever radio station or the headline in the newspaper, he knows it's going to be that he's still undecided on his future in Calgary. But he could not have had more positive things to say about the city. He talked about how encouraged he is by the changes. He, he You just heard him say he thinks they can have a heck of a team if they put all the pieces together. And so, yeah, I it did sound more optimistic. And, and I'm really curious now as we look into tomorrow, we're going to be at the Flames uh, Celebrity Charity Golf Classic at Country Hills. I think we'll have an opportunity there to speak to Elias Lindholm. We'll have an opportunity there, I'm sure, to speak to Noah Hannafin. I think it's different for guys who aren't 34 years old. Right after the chat with Michael Backlund, we were talking to Blake Coleman, and he said, listen, guys, I get it. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but he said he's 34, and and he hasn't won, and I've had the opportunity to win, and I realize how special it is, and I know why he wants to chase that. Mm -hmm. But then he continued by saying, if we can get off to a good start and if this place feels different the way we think it's going to, I think people like Bax are going to want to stay. And to me, Michael Backlund is open to that. There's no doubt in my mind that if this team proves that they can be in the mix, he talked about being a top three team in the Pacific Division at around the midway mark, I think he'd love to stay in Calgary. He just wants to see that it's not going to be mid-April and done like it was last year. Yeah, and 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 I I I kind of understand it, and I know there's a lot of people talking about, hey, if they can get off to a good start, maybe it does sway whether it's Michael Backlund or Elias Lindholm. And the one guy that we're not expecting it to sway is Noah Hannafin because it seems like that's kind of fait accompli that he won't be back. Craig Conroy didn't necessarily make it sound that way today. He said he thinks he's in the same boat as Michael Backlund. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure I... That doesn't necessarily jive with what lots of us have heard, but it was interesting to to hear the Flames general manager say that it he doesn't feel like that door is closed yet either. Well, and I mean, if, if you can get off to a good start, maybe it does. You know, if, if there's not a lot of sexy trade options out there all of a sudden, maybe you can. I don't know. I mean... It's it's interesting. It's interesting to see what results on the ice mixed with a different vibe around a team could do. Well, and I know we have a, a Conroy clip queued up, so maybe we can get into that quickly here because the other part of this is that there's not going to be where there's six UFAs, and and I know everyone knows the list, but just in case, Backlund, Lindholm, Shillington, Zadorov. Tanev and Hannafin are all up at the end of the I season. cannot believe that you leave out your brother, Dennis Gilbert. <laughs> That's true, too. My son. Oh, your son. Okay, fair enough. Your son, Dennis Gilbert. There's not going to be enough salary cap space for all of these guys. Yeah. And and that has to go into it, too. And so can we play this Conroy clip? Yeah, there's, uh, Craig Conroy also spoke on Tuesday and, uh, of course, addressed the situation that he finds himself in and the team finds themselves in with all these pending UFAs. You'd love to have guys signed and done and it's not, but it's just it's just a slow process with everybody pushed up against the cap. There's not a lot of wiggle room. You don't see a lot of moves and it's just tough to kind of you know, everyone thinks the cap's going up. Is the cap going up? How much? Those are all the questions, you know, you're trying to do. So you're trying to, 
when you talk to the players, you're trying to figure out what works moving forward, what's going to be the cap, how are we going to do it, and, and what works for them and us. So, you know, obviously there's a, there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of work to be done, but they all have one year left. You know, that's the thing. And they all are happy to be back, and they're, they're looking to redeem themselves from last year. Are they willing to negotiate into the season, do you think? I think so, yeah. yeah. You know, I do. I do think, you know, we'll – they're going to probably say whatever they say, but I do think there's there's opportunity to negotiate, you know, and, I, and we're open to it. You know, we have good players that we'd like to have back, but it's got to work for them and it's got to work for us. So that was a little bit of Craig Conroy when he spoke on Tuesday as well, the general manager of the Calgary Flames. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, they're not closing the door, and at no point has Conroy and the Flames closed the door all summer long. And it sounds like that's kind of a reciprocated thing that doors aren't closed on either side as it stands right now. And that follow-up question from you on are they willing to negotiate in season is important because remember, two years ago, Johnny Gaudreau was was not willing to negotiate in season. So, right. Okay, no, I'm focusing on the year. And understandably so, the way that negotiation broke down before the start of the season with the prior regime, different circumstances, but I think it's important that uh, there's a willingness to on both sides to negotiate once the puck drops in October. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about this yesterday in uh, the specific case of Elias Lindholm. I do wonder how much some of these guys start to feel the pressure, Lindholm specifically, to to sort of get it done and, and get the distraction out of the way. But, you know, realistically, you've got six guys going into unrestricted free agency. And when I say six, I mean six of your regulars are, and all important pieces are, are going to be up at the end of this season. And so you're not going to have six signed by October 11th. You might not have one of them extended by October 11th. You could easily go into February with all six of them still unsigned. Then you're going towards the trade deadline. This is going to be a topic of conversation that follows this team around. And the only way to ensure it isn't a distraction is Win a bunch of hockey games. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. Uh, a few texts, 960-960. This says, hearing Backlund just now makes me think he's going to be super motivated to lead his team to have a great start, hopefully translating to an excellent season and perhaps follow in the footsteps of Vegas and have a dream playoff run. Smiley face. Hacksaw says, hey, buddies, is it likely that Backlund just plays out the year until the deadline, and if the Flames are a flicker, they move him to a contender for the playoffs? I think that is, you know, I, I'm really curious. Backland is the most unique of the cases of the six or seven guys that we talk about because of his age. The guy who's maybe most close to it for me is Tanev in terms of the, like to, to me, there is no sense in letting either Hannafin or Lindholm walk away for nothing. I think you either sign or trade, but in, in Backland's case, if they don't have an extension signed and he's still, up in the air about it come February, but they're in a playoff spot and look like they're going and you don't trade him. And it turns out that he does leave at the end of the season. That's okay. That's a decade and a half. that You got out of a guy that you drafted and you get five and a half million dollars of cap space and you shake his hand and say, thanks for the yeah. 900, almost 1000 games you played here and, and let him go and, and chase whatever he's chasing. I was going to say at 990 regular season games, the asset management crowd should 
be willing to let that one slide. Well, and, and on the Tanev front, it's similar too. Like yeah. you signed him to a four year deal. He gave you great time. And on those four years, he'll be what? 33, 34 when it comes to an end. And you say, Hey Chris, those are a great four years. We're going to move in a different direction. You might want to move in a different direction. Thank you so much. And, um, we're sorry about all the bruises and injuries. And, <laughs> yeah, you would have sustained them elsewhere. I just, I think there are different cases. So it, you're right. You're absolutely right. And if if they aren't contending, as as Hacksaw says, if they're a flicker, I think you get a really really good return from Michael Backlund at the trade deadline. If you go down that road, right? Because the one thing Michael Backlund doesn't have to contend with right now is nobody's saying, "Oh, Michael Backlund doesn't like Calgary." It, it's not warm enough. He wants to live closer to home. Obviously, doesn't apply if you're from Sweden. There's no NHL teams based there. But you don't... Th- those questions aren't coming up. Tomorrow morning, when Elias Lindholm meets the media and he hasn't signed a contract extension and maybe, to the best of our knowledge, hasn't necessarily responded to a contract offer other than some back and forth between his representatives and, and Craig Conroy, like, there's going to be questions. Like, Do you like it in Calgary? Are you happy in Calgary? What what would have to happen for you to want to stay in Calgary? That's not necessarily the case with Michael Backlund. Yeah. This this one's pretty cut and dry, right? And yeah. I, I think a lot of the respect that he's earned in this city is, is yeah, okay. If they're not going to win, we'd kind of like to see. How many people in this city would like to see Michael Backlund win a Stanley Cup at some point yeah. because of what he's meant to the franchise? I guarantee you if that were to happen, it would be... As as big a reaction as when Regeer raised it in L.A. That's a great, like, that's a really, that's a really great comparison, right? People were thrilled for Robin Regeer to win one. People were thrilled, and and maybe you know the bloom has come off this rose because of what happened in in the second sin. But people were thrilled for Daryl Sutter. Yep, he he nearly got the Flames across the finish line in two thousand four, and so when he went and won one, won one. I'm sorry. In Los Angeles, people were thrilled for yeah. him. Same with Robin Regeer. It yeah. would very much be the same thing with Michael Backlund. I can just tell you, having talked to him again today, there is no doubt in my mind that he would rather be part of a championship team in this city than somewhere else. He just needs to see that it's a realistic yeah. goal. Uh, Pat, serious question. If Backlund gets traded, will you feel that worse than a Gimla? Um, I've come, I've come to grips with the fact that this might be Michael Backlund's last season. So, um, knowing my, um, played up emotional connection and the, the fun that we have with it, I've come to grips with it. I'm starting to prepare myself that this might be the last run for, for backs in Calgary. It would be awesome if it's not, but I, I personally will just say salute and thanks for 15 years of how you treated us and treated me and, and dude, just a straight up class act. I, I, you will never hear me say a bad thing about Michael Backlund. I, I the don't, player or the person. I don't want to be this guy, but did you answer the question? If it happens, I'll probably feel a Gimla more, just because okay. I'm more prepared uh, okay. for this one. Michael has prepared me. He's kind of, he's been open and honest and transparent, which I, which I appreciate. And and even you know to hear him relay, and I, I think it's such a neat anecdote to hear him relay that fans are coming up to him at the airport and not saying "Are you, are you signing?" but but saying "Hey, we hope you stay." People get it. Yeah, people understand this situation. That him and Chris Tanev, and I I'm just going to agree with you one more time. Him and Chris Tanev are in a little bit different discussion 
for me than the others. And finally from Heath, uh, Backlund's wait-and-see approach makes sense for him, but not for the Flames. It's a privilege to be a Calgary Flame, and if you're undecided, then time to move on. Very disappointing since he is an internal draft pick, and the Flames stuck with this guy when it was thought he wasn't panning out. Had some years when he couldn't stay healthy and then gave him a very good contract uh, that's made him a rich man. You'd think he'd say, hey, you guys had my back. Now I've got yours. Let's do this. That comes from Heath. You know, in some cases, I would agree with Heath on that. I I think I'd be willing to make an exception for Michael Backlund. I don't think there's any question inside that locker room or in the offices at the Saddledome that this guy you know, this guy has done absolutely everything you could possibly ask as a flame. This is not a guy who has one foot out the door, texts Craig Conroy in the morning, have you traded me yet? Have you found a new place? for Like, that? that's not the case here. I absolutely get the, if he doesn't want to be here, get him gone. I, I understand why a fan could react that way. I just think that, that this is one of those maybe exemptions to that rule. Yep. Uh, He's Wes. I'm Pat. Uh, This is hour two of Flames Talk on a Tuesday. Uh, And coming up on Sunday, October 29th, Heritage Classic at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. Flames Oilers, Battle of Alberta, round one this season, outdoors. Tickets available. New tickets have just been released. They're on a first-come, first-served basis while they last. Or you can listen to the big show with Maddie and George uh, all next week. Well, they'll be giving away tickets as well. That starts next week on the big show with Russick and Rose. If you don't want to chance it by winning, you can go to Ticketmaster.ca slash Heritage Classic. One more time, Ticketmaster.ca slash Heritage Classic to secure yours now. Flamestock is live on Calgary's hockey station. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Well, rookie camp gets underway for the Flames this week, and part of the rookie camp roster, the roster that'll be heading to the Okanagan as part of the Young Stars Classic hosted by the Vancouver Canucks, will be a a couple of Vancouver Giants Flames draft draft picks. Sam Honzek and Jaden Lipinski, both drafted by the Flames in 2023. And so, really good opportunity to chat with our next guest, who's a few weeks in to his new tenure as head coach of the Vancouver Giants. We're uh, happy to welcome on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Giants head coach Manny Viveros. Uh, Manny, you're on with Pat and Wes. Really appreciate the time this afternoon. How you doing? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. How uh, before we before we dive in? How's the uh, how's the new gig so far? Good. No, really nice. Really, uh, you know, enjoying uh, my first time actually living here in the Vancouver River area. Beautiful place to uh, to live. Uh, we've got great facilities here with the Giants, and uh, it's been outside of the rain. It's been really really nice. So it's, uh, it's you know you've you've coached at the you've been a head coach at the pro level. You've been a head coach at the Western League level. Um, any any adjustments uh, heading back to the Western League and and coaching junior uh, the junior level again, just in terms of the way you approach it as a coach. You know, for myself, just just one thing to learn from experience. So, just at this young age, these players you get you know you're getting anywhere from a six year old player to a twenty year old player who's been in the league for four or five years. Uh, just of having the patience of teaching. That's the biggest thing. You know, the American Hockey League level, you're getting. Uh, you know, you're getting the best players from junior or college hockey who, uh, you know, these kids are there for a reason because they're, you know, they're high-end uh, players, uh, drafted players, and potentially going to play in the National Hockey League very soon. And at this level here, you just got to remember the fact that these, you know, all 
these kids learn at a different uh, uh, time frame and different level, and that's something uh, just have to be a little bit more patient in, as far as uh, the teaching. And I think it just makes you a better coach in general to have an opportunity to, to coach at this level because it certainly, uh, certainly, uh, you know, hones your skills uh, uh, before we ever go back to professional hockey again. Very neat, and uh, it's uh, cool to see you uh, back in the Western League once again. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to we we uh, we brought you on, wanted to ask about a, a couple of players in specific, and and that would be the two Flames prospects. Just uh, I'm I'm curious your initial impressions of uh, both Sam Honzek and Jaden Lipinski. Well, both those players uh, had a chance to meet with both of them uh, before I even saw them on the ice, and I was impressed of just how how mature they both are and how. Uh, you know, committed and and uh, and driven to get to that next level. They both said they both want to play in the National Hockey League, and that's uh, that, you know most kids are going to say that at this age here. But both these kids, I, I've been around long enough to know uh, they're not just saying the right things. You can tell what the work they put in off the ice, and then when I saw them on the ice, you can see the skill set that they both have. And they're both, uh, you know, they, they both have that potential to be really high-end uh, NHL players at some time in their career. And they're just really impressive how they carry themselves all over the ice and off the ice. When we dive in specifically on uh, Sam Honzek, first-round pick, 16th overall uh, to the Flames, a lot of people excited to see him uh, at this Young Stars Classic in Penticton and a lot of excitement when he was here for development camp a few months ago. From an on-ice perspective, what uh, what jumped out at you right away when watching Honzek? Well, first of all, his length, you know, the size of him and how well he moves for a big man at a young age like that. He's just, it looks like he's got his legs already, his, his you know, professional NHL legs under him already. Like, and he moves really well. He's very agile. Uh, he's, he he's, can get in and out of tight places. And he's got a quick, uh, a real quick start to his stride. And on top of that, I've been really impressed with his shot. I, you know, I haven't, didn't see Sam play before that, but just when you notice uh, – uh, you know, at, at his, within his age group right now, how much he stands out uh, compared to the other kids. And he's, uh, he's certainly got a professional frame on him and he's certainly got a hockey IQ that's also, uh, you know, going to help him when he gets that next level. It's funny, you mentioned the shot, Manny, and, and I, uh, I've learned over the years that, you know, these development camps they do in, in July, different teams, Flames or anybody else, I learned that there's only so much that you can take away from on-ice sessions and, you know, you're not really evaluating. But one thing that I've learned over the years is uh, that shot stands out and you can tell when a guy has got an NHL or close to NHL level shot. Uh, that, that, uh, that stood out to you with Sam pretty quickly, hey? Oh, certainly, certainly. Just his release, it's got a, it's a quick release. It's, it's deceptive also, too. And it's got a, it's, it's got quickness, too, but it's also got a certain heaviness, which uh, at that next level is you can you can tell who the top top and NHL players are, how, how quick the release is and how heavy that shot is, too. And you see when he shoots the puck in practice, or he shoots the score, and every time he does that, that's certainly going to make him uh, improve his all-around game for sure. We're chatting with Vancouver Giants head coach Manny Viveros joining us here on Flames Talk this afternoon on a Tuesday. Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson. Wes? Manny, I know when the Flames selected Sam Honzek in the, the draft in June, there was some talk out of Vancouver that, that he was sort of pegged as a, a captain candidate for your group this season. I'm wondering, obviously, you're just getting to know him as you settle into your new role as head coach, but how do you see the sort of leadership? How, how have you seen that part come out of them during camp? You know, uh, what I've seen so far, he certainly is uh, going to be 
uh, you know, a candidate to be a captain. We've discussed that internally already, and he certainly is a front runner for for our uh, uh, to be a, a leader on our hockey team as, as far as wearing a letter and especially being a captain. Um, one of those things, though, you never know at these young uh, young age are these players are they are they ready for this type of uh, uh, you know next part of the development? And I think it's really important for him. I told him that also too is that. You know, for him to be a leader, to wear a letter on our team or be our captain, I so said that's going to be really good for his development for that next level also, too. And not just by himself. We're going to help him, guide him through the way uh, during the whole process uh, throughout the season. Because it's not, it's a little bit extra, uh, I'm not going to say a burden, but being a captain of a, of a team, whether it's the Western Hockey League or National Hockey League, d- does come with responsibilities. But we wanted him to let him know that we're going to help him along that process and develop help them develop here. And I think that's going to help them, um, you know, especially being a European player playing in the Western Hockey League and having a letter or a captaincy is certainly going to help them at that next level for sure. If I can uh, switch from one type of C to another, I understand you might like to see him play some center this season. Yeah, no, I certainly would. I, I certainly would. Obviously that's something we're having discussions with, with Calgary as far as uh, where we want to play him up. But I think it, you know, it's only going to help his game. If he can add another element to his game, we know he can play wing and he's dominant at that position. But if we can get him to learn to play another position without taking away what got him drafted in the first round, I think it's certainly going to help him get to that next level and excel. And he certainly has the size and the strength and the length to be a, a dominant uh, player at center position early for sure. When you when you say that you just want to discuss that with Calgary, is, is that just in terms of making sure you're not kind of holding him back on the the roadmap to his eventual dream of playing in the NHL? No, absolutely. We want to work closely with uh, with Calgary organization to make sure we give both those kids, uh, Lipinski and, and, and Hansik, an opportunity, the best chance to make it to the National Hockey League. Not just what's best for our club, but what's best for these young men to get to the next level. That's what it's all about here. Sure, we want to win and everything else, but we want these kids to get onto that next level of the National Hockey League. And that's the best, best uh, form of advertising for our organization. I, I'm curious, especially with a, a player of, of Sam's I guess, profile coming into Calgary as a first-round pick, and you obviously understand the pressure that is going to come with that. What was your message to him as he as he heads off to his first professional training camp? You know, I just told, just just absorb. Watch watch what the veteran players do. Watch the guys that have been there for a number of years. Watch how they go about doing their business, how they prepare for practice, how they prepare after practice, everything what they do. Just pick everything up there. There's a reason why those, some of those players have been there for 10, 15 plus years. And, and if you ever want to be uh, those type of players, just watch and learn and ask questions. And, and, and go out and enjoy yourself. Go out and, and give everything you can and do what you can to make the hockey team. And uh, if you make it, that's, that's perfect. If not, then you can come back and you're already ahead of the game. We are chatting with uh, Vancouver Giants head coach Manny Viveros joining us here on Flames Talk this hour. I guess I'll ask you the same question when it comes to Jaden Lipinski, also a Flames pick. What are your when when watching him on the ice? What were your initial impressions? Well, very similar um, in, in some ways. I, I think you know Sam has got a little bit farther ahead as far as his, his skill level right now, but Jaden is a player. Uh, you know who they found here that was undrafted in the Western Hockey. He came in as a walk-on or, or a signee there, and he's been uh, from day one. They've been really impressed of, of how he's developed, and, and um, he set on, uh, you know, 
playing at that next level, earning himself a contract with Calgary, and he's doing whatever it possibly takes to get to that next level. He understands that he's just not just offense alone is going to get him to the National Hockey League. He's got to learn how to be a, a complete 200-foot player. So we're going to work with him, especially this year, on both ends of the ice. And I, you know, we're going to use him on the power play. But more importantly, also, too, we want to teach him how to kill penalties and be one of those players that you can put in on the ice at the last minute of a game and defend. And that will give him the best opportunity when he turns pro that he's going to have that opportunity to just stay uh, and be a professional athlete in the National Hockey League. I remember uh, sitting beside him at the draft in Nashville. He came and sat down with me as we were doing our, our coverage. And uh, I was like, holy, this guy... This guy's just draft eligible this year. He looks like he looks like he could be bouncing at a nightclub right now. Uh, I'm I when when he grows even more into his frame. What type of potential do you see for Jaden? Well, I think he could play anywhere in the National Hockey League as a power forward here. Um, you know, obviously, when these young kids at this age, sometimes they're, they're when they get to, they grow so fast that skating is a little bit behind. But with him, uh, he's certainly, from what I understand, uh, they've said he's, he's put the work in and his skating is approved from, from last season. And if you get a, a young kid like that who's got a big frame that can move, uh, you know, the, the boundaries are endless as far as what he could do at the next level here. So we're going to continue to keep working with him on fine-tuning his skills and, and, and working on all areas of his game. I know we're uh, still 10 days away from your regular season opener, Coach, but uh, any chance we might see uh, Jaden and Sam on, on the same line together at some point? Oh, for sure. Yeah, sometime throughout the year, we're going to put those guys together too. There's two of our two of our guys that we consider they're going to drive the bus for our hockey team here. So there's going to be times throughout the year that I will put them together. Uh, maybe start at the year to maybe to balance out, uh, you know, some of our scoring with our group here. But um, yeah, we'll see them together for sure at some time throughout the year. Manny, let me ask you about one more guy while you, while we have you. And, and as some of our listeners may not know, you spent the last three seasons with the Henderson Silver Knights of the AHL, helped prepare some guys to do something pretty special with Vegas last spring. I want to ask you about Ben Jones, who's now a player in the, the Flames yes. farm system. You had him there in Henderson. I, I believe you were probably the guy who told him that he was heading to the NHL for his only two games so far. What What can you tell us about Ben and, and the type of player the Flames might have there? Well, Jonesy, he, he's, you know, first of all, he was one of my favorite players to work with the two years that I had him in Henderson. Uh, here's a kid that came to work every day, and he was trying to, um, in, in no fault to himself, trying to find a position or a role for him um, to get him the best opportunity to get to National Hockey League, and he accepted the fact that we told him, I said, Jonesy, you may not be an NHL power play player, but if you're a two-way player, that uh, you know you can kill penalties and that also contribute a little bit offensively. Like that. that's going to give you your best opportunity to get to the National Hockey League. And what I really like about uh, Ben is that he's a student of the game. Um, he knows what we're doing all the time as far as system-wise. He's always not just himself, but he's a great teammate. He helps with other players on the team. And uh, I'm no not surprised at all that uh, the year he had last year with Calgary the Wranglers at all. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have him last year in Henderson. And he certainly made us pay when we played him. I think he had a four-point night when we played him one time. But we're, we weren't surprised at all that uh, he had that potential. And uh, we wish him nothing but the best. And uh, last one for you, Manny. And uh, one more person that we'll ask you about. You would have coached against uh, new Wranglers head coach Trent Cull in the American League while you were in the, uh, in the Pacific Division as well. What can, you, uh, what can you tell us about the new head coach of Calgary's number one affiliate? 
Yeah, I, I don't know him, uh, Trent, uh, personally, but I just know the teams that he's coached are all so well-prepared, and I know the players really enjoy playing for him. He's a real players coach, a real teacher, and uh, whenever he was, you know, I've heard good things about uh, talking to other people in the league and that, that he's a real good teacher, and is a perfect guy for them to have down in the, in the American Hockey League. Really appreciate the time, Manny. This was uh, this was fun. I know that you are uh, getting ready to rock for your season. You're a week and a half away from kicking things off and right in the teeth of training camp. So really appreciate you spending uh, 15 minutes with us this afternoon. Uh, good luck for the rest of camp. Good luck for the start of the season, hey. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. That is uh, Manny Viveros. He is the head coach of the Western Hockey League's Vancouver Giants, where we expect, well, I, I think that the um, it's a fair expectation, 100%, for Jaden Lipinski to start with the uh, Western League's Vancouver Giants. And I think a, a, a decently safe assumption that Sam Honzek spends a decent chunk of time there as well. I still, I still am excited to see if uh, the first-round pick of the Flames with his frame and that shot can make things a little interesting come training camp, and maybe we're having a discussion about does he start with the Giants or does he start with the Flames? That'll be interesting. But, um, if again, if Honzek does get sent back at some point in training camp to the Western Hockey League, that's not a bad thing, whether he's playing wing or center. Let him go back and dominate the Western League and and just add to the cachet as he plays his first year as a part of the Flames organization. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the, the gentleman we just talked to would be another reason for encouragement to send him back. You know, Manny Viveros has won a championship in the Western Hockey League. He's worked with guys at the AHL level, helped prepare guys to win a Stanley Cup in, in Las Vegas last season. And so... That's just a, another reason for confidence if you are sending him back. But I was really impressed with Sam Honzek at development camp. I, I like the way you put it. It's hard to it's hard to tell exactly, you know, how some of this translates, but you expect the first round pick to pop at development camp, and I thought Sam Honzek certainly did. Yep, and and I, I I'll be curious to see how he uses that advice from his junior coach, how how he acts as a a sponge, how he absorbs everything in main camp. And, and to your point, if he can be one of those guys who makes himself awfully hard to send back, we heard Craig Conroy told us today, Hey, we're going to give young guys a chance. We're, we, we said that. And it, it wasn't just words. We're, we're going to do it. Well, Sam Honzek's a big part of your organization when it comes to young guys. And I expect to, to see him get a pretty good runway in the preseason. Uh, he's Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. Manny Viveros, head coach of the Vancouver Giants, joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Barcast Hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winners at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344. Uh, both Hanzek and Lipinski are on that Young Stars Classic roster that'll head off to Penticton on Thursday night to take part in the, uh, to take part in the tournament. Manny sounded pretty bullish on Jaden Lipinski, did. didn't he? he did. You expect to hear, you know, a comment about a first round player that, you know, his junior coach thinks he has potential to be a high end NHLer, but some very, uh, some very intriguing comments there about Jaden Lipinski, a fourth round pick in 2023. Well, I know that uh, Etienne Moran. There's a lot of people who are buzzing about him, second round pick of the Flames, and uh, you know, it's going to be. I know, I know a Idar lot of Suniev people as well. And and it's unfortunate that uh, Suniev and is is not able to take part, but you know there's reasons for that as his uh, as as he's got other things to take care of. And, and just on that point, I 
Idar Suniev is not participating in rookie camp because he's a college commit. Exactly. He's, and, same way Matt Coronado didn't take part exactly. in the, the first few years until he was with the Flames. But I talked to Greg Carville, the head coach at UMass, a program that did fairly good things, I would say, with a young Calgarian named Kale McCarr. And I just chatted with, with Greg last week, and we were talking about Suniev, and one of the comments he made to me is, this guy is going to play a big role here starting with his freshman season. So he might be out of sight, a bit out of mind as it comes, you know, as it pertains to the Young Stars Classic, but I think you'd feel pretty comfortable about the situation that he's stepping into in the NCAA. And yes, I know he played in Penticton in the BCHL, but he has started his college career and they're already underway. Classes are September 12th. Right. Classes are underway. They start him in August. So uh, he's he's dialed into the school season the, now. This is like, you, you know, inside baseball 101, but apparently his coach tells me he got an A in all three of his summer classes, which we're talking about a guy who moved here from Russia at 15 to chase his hockey dreams. Yeah. I couldn't get an A in my college classes. He spoke Russian until yeah. he was 15. <laughs> I know. Well, and I did just listening to him speak when uh, he was drafted. Um, you're like, that's uh, it's an impressive that's, young man. That is quite impressive. You've been speaking, the, and, and sometimes that Russian to English conversion is not always easy. Yeah. Uh, he speaks it very well. So, um, I mean, as our listeners can attest, we don't speak English that well most of the time. Like, we speak it. I just don't know if we do it well. I, we talk it. Isn't that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we talk some, we talk some Anglais here. Uh, when you talk about, and then obviously Jeremy Poirier, Matt Coronado, there's some, uh, there's some headliners yep. on this young stars classic team for the flames. No doubt about it. We'll get more into that as we move towards the latter part of the week. Uh, Wednesday show will be coming at you from the Scotiabank saddle dome where the flames will be wrapping up their annual charity golf classic. We'll get some exclusive sit downs with a number of members of the flames. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to being back in the Doug Lacey's basement systems, hot stove lounge. That'll be on Wednesday show. For now, have a good rest of your Tuesday, Mr. Gilbertson. Yeah, you too, buddy. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, should be fun. Wes Gilbertson is on Twitter at Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. Cam Hughes, Taylor Dingman, our producers this hour. And this hour has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe, now just $1450. Or explore the full line of safes at calgarylockandsafe.com.